Yes, but um, we're going to continue talking about mental health and like dissecting it and also now how to navigate it as a Christian. But this part is mostly just going to be on practical things that you can do to help yourself and also to help those around you if you feel that there are people around you who are struggling. And yeah, so let's get right into it. Hmm. The first question I have is for those who are dealing or struggling with suicidal ideation and thoughts. What are some practical steps you can take to start with getting to the edge of the cliff who are feel like if my only way out is just to jump? I can't go back, there's nothing for me at the back, there's nothing for me here on earth. I just want to leave. Like, first and foremost, go and talk to someone. Uh, and I feel like maybe this is more about okay, if somebody's coming to tell you that they're experiencing suicidal ideation because if you're experiencing suicidal ideation the only thing I can, I mean yes call 911 yeah 100% 1000% um and if you're like standing at the cliff but you're not like jumping go and talk to somebody yeah that's what I would say okay I think I would have said the exact same thing like literally talked about someone who has got this stuff in their head where it's like okay yeah I will tell you this the only thing I have I, I was thinking more than what to talk to they called the message for me. <laughs> Shout out to my friends, man. Like I feel like it was so scary for them, but they held it down a lot. And if you guys are watching this, you know that I love you from the bottom of my heart so much. But they actually like called for help. Like they were like, okay, this is what's happening. She needs help and we don't know how to help her. So I feel like if you are someone who's around, even if they will hate you for it, still do it. Because at that point, their life will be far more than what I ever. They can be angry at you when yeah. they are alive. Yeah. They can be angry at you. <laughs> it's true. No, it's very, very true. It doesn't matter what it is. I know that I was upset and I kind of went off, but I knew, I know that it helped me. So, if you have someone around you who, who is like who you know, or maybe you have seen the signs and come home as something's happening, don't even try to talk them out. Just call for help. Yeah. Call for help because unless you're a psychotherapist, I guarantee you. And now, don't even call me. In that moment, call nine one one. Because I work from nine to five. If it's five or one, yeah, call nine one one. Call nine one one. If you're, I feel like most regions have. Okay, if it's like very imminent, like the person is like there, call nine one one. Just don't even think about where else. To call nine one one. Um, if it's still like there's still some time, they're talking about specific plans and they have a specific date or time in mind, then you have a little bit more room to to call like specialized or like a distress call. Yeah, so yeah, area. call the distress center. I know that in Ottawa, if you call the distress center and you talk about like, yeah, I have a friend that I think is like probably in the next few days or a few hours or something like that is going to commit suicide, mm-hmm. then they'll send. Um, it's called a mobile crisis team or mm-hmm. a mental health crisis team. Yeah, to that person's house or to wherever. They are, they are yeah. and then they'll either like like if they're in a state where they are unable to consent or like make health decisions for themselves they're just going to take them to the hospital yeah um that i would recommend is a little bit easier because they are specifically trained for mental health and so it's less likely by the grace of god um for it to go off the rails but if it's like they're one step away just call them okay that's 
it's good. She said everything that I would say to you, Jessica. That's fine. Um, hmm. So for those who are like on the like I would say on the end, but like the rest of it, which is like addictions like porn and like just sexual perversion, period, to be honest. Why am I doing my voice? Sexual perversion, please, like let's actually call it what it is. What are some practical steps we can take to help them on their journey? Like obviously they are not in like a dangerous place yeah. in terms of like wanting to end their lives or whatever, but it can actually be very bad for them, which can also lead them to that point yeah. of feeling like I actually just want to end it. So what are some things that they can do before they get there? And also for someone who is opening up to you about these things, what are some things you can do? I would say that if you're somebody who you're finding yourself like with an addiction or with like a mental health crisis, again talk to somebody mm-hmm. um i think i would be in the first scenario if it's suicidal ideation literally talk to anybody it doesn't matter who you're talking to mm-hmm. i mean like don't call your ex you know, <laughs> but, but people <laughs> in that in that suicidal ideation anybody just mm-hmm. call anybody mm-hmm. i think that if it's something that you know you're not a danger to yourself it's just mm-hmm. a feeling of loss of control i would be more specific about the type of people that i go like, to go to so whether that's your pastor, um, like a faith leader, if you don't feel like going to see my pastor about this yeah. thing, mm-hmm. um, like somebody on the team that you might serve at, somebody like a connect group, um, because I think that first of all, let everything that is in the darkness come to light. Come to right? light. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't fix or solve or work on an issue if it's still in the dark. And mm-hmm. yes, there's going to be a lot of feelings of shame, guilt, and condemnation and embarrassment that's associated with that. But like the sooner that you can go and open up and talk to somebody that you trust about it, the fa- like the faster you're getting yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Did I answer? Yeah, I think you did. But I just wanted to add on that. Like the like there's a verse that comes to mind whenever I think about this. You will come by the blood of the Lamb by the word of our testimony. Yeah. So you have to open your mouth and actually speak. And yes. I found that something that has helped me personally is having that one friend that I know that I can talk to about this specific issue. So we have it. <laughs> we do this call code red. <laughs> it's cute, but we do this in code red where she sends because like something that both of us are like, you know, so it, it might be different for her. But she sends me a code red saying, okay, code red. Wherever I think I am, it doesn't matter where I am. Like it doesn't matter if I'm in the middle of a wedding or if, if even if I'm walking down the aisle, if I can't help her, I know I will send someone who I know she trusts to be like, this is what's going on with her, right? And like even just. This also works for me when I when I'm like sinking down that place where it might not even necessarily be about like an addiction. It's just like thoughts of like hopelessness and sadness. I know that can lead to that. I always text them like, okay, could I, like this is what. So it doesn't have to be like if if maybe you're not that close to your teammates at church and you have to check if you should. You should it's worth investing in those relationships because they probably know things that you don't and they probably dealt with this more often than you actually think that you do. But if all you can do is a friend, have that friend who you are able to be accountable to in that regard, saying, this is what I did. So, one thing my brother has told me is that, like, the way it has, has helped me is that sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do this because I don't know, I'll have to go and text somebody and be like, hey, this is what I did. So, to avoid all that, ask me, let me just, let me see myself be sure to stay in my house and sleep, right? So, there's also that too. It, it, it helps, I'm like, because this is the way that I talk to myself, so that's why I'm, I'm saying it. But I found that having that friend who you trust, keyword trust, and who you know that is compassionate with you and but still will not will yeah. tell you the truth as it is, but yeah. still understand and relate. Those are people that you should talk to about certain things like this. Saying, 
okay, I did this, 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 and I know I don't want to do it. So, and practical things are the number one. If you know that there are things that trigger you, we're not getting to Netflix, we're getting to that. I'm not saying you should ban or subscribe to Netflix, but if you can tailor your because the thing about Netflix is that it's just an algorithm, just give it to So the things that you're shown are the things that you watch frequently. For example, if you click on me and my brother's Netflix, you only see action movies because that's what we watch. We watch the lots of action movies. So James Bond, think of everything, sci-fi, action, or like all this like medieval movies, that's what we watch. So tailor your content to what you know will help you. Yes. Don't tailor it to things that you know are not beneficial for you because they might not be show you not beneficial so if you know you always have, have that one friend that's always posting all these like explicit content it might be time to block news or follow because why hmm? why your friend no it's important exactly. that you don't like for example now we have somebody who struggles with alcohol addiction why is my main group of support system Coming every single day. It's, it's not helpful for yeah, like, it, doesn't, like, it doesn't work. And it's okay for you to also evaluate. Be like, as much as I love these people, they're not terrible people. They're not doing anything, but they're not edifying. They are not the helping. Like they really are not. Like there's certain things that you just it's like you're playing with fire and you're expecting them to get burned. Like it does not work. It doesn't. It doesn't help you in any way. So certain things like you can't. Like if there are apps, for example, I like TikTok because TikTok is very hard on the algorithms in terms of editing. Things you just will not see on TikTok. You can see some very jarring stuff in terms of like a racist, you know, some comments I'm not even off, but I know that explicit content is something that I probably will not see unless I actually go looking for it. Yeah. Instagram also has like a pretty strong, like, but that bird app, <laughs> I don't know how you guys are that bird app. No, no, that bird app has no filter. No. No, like that bird app is that one way what friend that all our friends that all our friends are about. That bird app. It's true. It's yeah. true. I think another thing that I would add is create a like because you said code red. Mm-hmm. By the time you're in code red, your mind is hot. Your is hot. It's hot. <laughs> you don't. It's not. Then you start thinking about okay, what should I be doing instead. Mm. Instead of this thing, no. Have like a list of things that you know is helpful for you. So mm-hmm. if you're somebody who like. You know that the moment you, I don't know, you start, you're triggered by something, you need to just go for a walk. So then when you're, just write it down on your notes app so you don't even have to think about it. Mm -hmm. You get triggered, you completely just remove yourself from the thing, and then you go and do something on that list. Mm -hmm. But like, to a point where it's, I don't have to start thinking about it. Because Mm -hmm. again, when my head is hot, that's not when I'm going to start saying, "Mm -hmm." What did I, let me go and maybe mm-hmm. I should go and maybe I should make a painting. X Y Z. Ten things to do when I feel no. No, already have those ten things in your notes app ready to go mm-hmm. because that's gonna save you a lot of life. Like you just know how to get away from it. Yeah, and also I feel like spiritually, like from a spiritual perspective, also prayer. There's certain times I don't tell you to do it, and it's not because that place is bad, but he knows that he will see something that will make you feel this way, and the devil will now decide. Maybe two weeks after, and now remind you. Oh, by the way, you saw that. So today, you're gonna ask her what you saw. So avoid, like, be be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because there are times when I know that I have not gone to places and done like just being around. Like there are certain invites I've had to decline, not because oh it's a bad thing to do. It's just because I knew that I would be exposed to things that I know I don't want to do anymore, and I don't want to have to be a party to. So I just will not. And because of that, because I, it, 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 it's so interesting that now, like, I don't even have friends that do that anymore. 
And for the for for the for the remaining of them, maybe two, they never asked me to. And I'm always like, ah, you guys are going here. And she's like, ah, I, I respect you too much to ask you because I know that that's not who you are. And so like when a lot of us are shy to say what we don't want to do anymore, but that's literally deterring your journey and your progress because all you keep doing is trying to people please you. That's that's a whole of that. But yeah, just to say that. Be upfront and direct with the people around you. And if you know like you are actually genuinely struggling with these things, it's okay to tell your friends that, hey guys, please, if you ever see me doing this, just know that it's leading me to do this and I don't want to do it. So stop me. So there are times when I'm like, my friend is like, oh, she's watching a show. At least like, I go to her house and she's watching a show. She immediately changes. I'm like, why should she change? She's like, because I know that there are things here that I don't want you to see. Or if maybe like so, something I've been there that I don't want to drink anymore. I, I just stopped it so my friend is like she will not bring the thousand of around and even if i sit in her fridge i'm not drinking because okay you know who i am but there are things like things like that so also having christian friends who know the difference between consecration and just sin yeah. is very important yeah but that's a whole story i did to be honest um yes the third question is Okay, basically like the flip side, but the question goes, for those who have loved ones or even partners that are battling with mental illness, what's the best way they can support and be there for them? And also on the flip side, for those who are battling with these issues, what like how do they express what they need without like trauma bombing and also like affecting the friendships around them? So how do they like navigating this is what so obviously we talked about being able to do that same thing this is what they need without traumatizing your friends but what are the practical steps they can take and also for people who have loved ones that are coming through what are some things they can do to help them and also preserve their relationship um i'm gonna answer the second one first mm-hmm. so as a person who maybe is struggling with something it's it's so hard but i think that need to be in a place of like constant reflection mm. where we are like okay i know that this is maybe what triggers me or this is not helpful and i know that this is something that is helpful and mm, i've experienced this i don't know if it's helpful or not so maybe i'll just give it another shot mm-hmm. and see what's going on mm-hmm. so i think that like being in a place of reflection but also discernment like letting the spirit speak to you that hey maybe this is something that's uncomfortable but it's actually going to help you mm-hmm. do that thing um and then I think on the flip side, as somebody who's trying to help support somebody, first and foremost, just know that. Mm-hmm. And I know that we spoke about this in the first in the first um, part of this, mm-hmm. but know that you're not God and know what your capacity to help mm-hmm. is, right? And so it's okay for you to be like, I actually don't even understand what you're, like what's going on, and I don't know how to help you. And if you can't tell me what is helpful for you, then I'm going to maybe like connect you with somebody who can. Who right? can? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that like as somebody who is struggling with. A mental health illness or condition or crisis if your loved ones are saying like i don't have the capacity to help you i think you need to go and see a professional don't don't think that they're saying that because they're trying to call you crazy or that you think that you're like too much to handle they just they don't have the the skills and the tools necessary like if my friend was like i have this pain in my foot now can you come and cut cut it like I'm not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a surgeon. I know what I can and cannot help you with um, that is within my capacity. And if I can't, then I'll try my best to connect you. So maybe like you have so much anxiety, for example, that you don't even know where to start and begin to look for a a therapist or you don't even know how to speak to your pastor or to your leader or to your. Okay, maybe you can ask your friend to be like, just go and find me something. 
I don't even care who it is. Who it is. As much as I just get help. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know. I think it takes a lot of, like, open communication and understanding that through the discomfort of being both a supporter and the person who needs support. Like, there's going to be so many uncomfortable situations that will need to be had. Um, But know that it's not to, again, like, embarrass one another or to, like, be mean to one another or anything like that. It's really coming from a place, I pray, that it's really coming from a place of, like, I don't know how to help you, and so I'm gonna do what I know best. What I know best, which is to help you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like help you in every way. Yeah, I, I think to add on to that, as someone who is struggling, I think that a huge thing that you can do to actually help yourself, help those around you, is great. And not just praying, okay, God heal me, but praying, okay, God. I knew that. Okay, me and my child to me, I've talked so many about it. I don't know who I can talk to, whether who is safe. Because the people that you think it's safe for do it, uh, the reaction they will give you is so different. Yeah. But God knows each person, God knows each person's heart, God knows each person's capacity. So praying and thinking, God, I like to meet in the season people I can cling on to to help me through this issue. Show me who you have equipped to be able to handle these conversations with and give me the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to broach the subject without pouring everything out on them. They help me to depend on first before I go to anybody else. These prayers will help you and one thing about God is that a prayer for help is something that you always answer. So you begin to see that some people are asking for a lot how I you begin to find that there are people who you are just drawn to. You don't know why or you're just drawn to always lean into that. Always ask God, okay God, is this is this really the person? Sometimes that could be a pastor, that could be your team, that could be a friend, that could be you know and also sometimes it will be the people that you think you should talk to it could actually be like a partner or whatever right but whoever it may be god will always highlight it to you these are people that you can't talk to about this now um like with like doing that and also kind of also understanding that the journey of mental health is yours it's not your friends it's not your family it's yours it's a decision you have to make to be okay so it's the same way people can choose whether to go back to the hospital after being given a diagnosis let's say for example cancer or something it's this exact same way for you. No one will force you to go there. No one can walk this journey for you. No one can want people can't want you to be healed more than you want yourself to be healed. So a practical thing is actually understanding and saying, okay, God, first of all, I want to get healed. I want to be victorious over this. How? Okay, I've had therapy. Sometimes when when people say therapy, it gets very overwhelming because you have therapists in my city and ah. just Google okay. gives you like 51,000 people that can help you and you're like what exactly am I supposed to be looking for? What am I looking for in a therapist? What are things that I can do? And this this will apply to people who are looking, let's say like Tola said, like look, helping somebody look for like a therapist or something like that. Look at okay, ask like ask ask yourself what's important to the people, like the people that I talk to on a daily basis about my issues. What's important to be somebody who's understanding, somebody who's compassionate. Do I know somebody who can relate? Okay. If they can relate, okay, who am I? I'm a black man, or I'm a white woman, or I'm a because it feels like race doesn't play into it, but trust me, it does. Background plays into it a lot. Did I grow up here? Did I grow up in Nigeria? Are my issues mainly stemming from my family members? Are <laughs> they stemming from, you know, just situations that have happened in my life that have caught, like, you know, things like that? 
sit down with yourself and I, I, I always tell everybody in those, if you don't have to journal, I know I sound like a broken record, but journaling helps you with those. Because sometimes when a lot of things are jumbled up in your brain, you can't seem to see clearly. But when you write it down, you're able to see, okay, okay, these are the main things that are always, that are jumping at me that are making it clear. So, writing it down, and it's okay, now you have now reduced your search to black African therapists in my city. Yeah. Right. I'd also say one thing I really love about journaling that I also like tell my my Christian clients: mm-hmm. journal your prayers. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Not every day, dark closet, eyes closed. Like sometimes you can just sit down and God, I don't even know how I'm feeling right now. But please come. Just write it down. 100%. Just yeah. write it down. Another thing I would say is have an openness, but not openness to high vibrations. Um, no, openness to the discernment of the spirit of God. Not that high vibration. <laughs> no, every time I say open, people are like, open. no, please be very specific that yeah. what you're open to is the spirit of God. Because you'll be surprised. And this is how God gets me personally. The way I the way in which I think my healing is coming is never the way in which my healing comes. I'm always like, not you bamboo sleeping with Jesus. Thank you, but this is I was I was so focused on like one thing. I was so one focused way. on my deliverance yeah. and my break coming like this. And it came like this with some random person out. Bruh, that's actually so so like even when you go to a place of prayer or you're journaling about it, like don't just say, God, come and help heal me with a five foot four, da 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 da, not five foot four, six foot four, da 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 Damage you more. <laughs> like, you will cause you so much like, like, oh, wow. So, yeah, just have an yeah. openness. Like, maybe somebody invites you to one, like, small group's fellowship with people you've never met, and somebody speaks a word to your soul, and that's the thing that actually delivers, like, years and years and years and years of just fasting and prayer and like, on this bro. journey. Mm-hmm. So, have an openness. Have, yeah, 100%. Because I know someone who, like, she shared with me, and she's like, the person who helped tell us actually was really new. Right, like he wasn't like he, he was this therapist or something like that, but he gave her room to be. And I feel like for me, one of the things that's helped me the most, like the utmost, is like the thing of prayer and journaling. I journal a lot, like I've gone through at least in my lifetime over like seven journals. Like, just I've taken breaks here and there, but I have like journaled a lot, like a lot of my prayers. I don't, I don't speak them, I write them because most of the time. I'm too overwhelmed to talk. So all I want to do just is in silence with Russian and I write. I write everything as if I hit every single thing. I act like Jesus is in the room. Or rather I'm sending him a letter like so to read. So I write. I write every single thing down and that has helped me put my pen my so even when I'm telling somebody what is going on, I'm not just going like I'm literally able to say, okay, this is exactly what I've felt what I've been feeling like the past couple of weeks or days. And also like Sometimes the help that so like the help that you need might not necessarily need me. And this might sound a bit weird, but I found that in some seasons God is like this is very useful. Take this with a huge grain of salt. But the people who know what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about, it hasn't been therapy. It has been just asking me to be consistent at church. And it's not necessarily that therapy will not help me. Because he knows that that's the one thing I needed most was community. I needed people around me hold me up, not in the sense of I'm pouring everything, some of them I don't even know that what they're doing is holding me up just the random invite to the bar- barbecue or the worship nights or the 
you know, just long conversations with your friends about everything in life. And somebody is t- t- telling their story. And they don't even know that what they are saying is transforming my life. I'm just there listening, like, ooh, wow, that's interesting. But in my head, I'm like, Jesus, yeah. could this girl read me any more better? Yeah. Right? So, things like that. So, honestly, I feel like everything that I'm, I'm, what I'm talking about is wrapped up in one thing the Holy Spirit. If you can go to God and be honest and vulnerable about exactly what you are feeling, I promise you, He will find you the right therapist. He will even pay for therapy. Trust me, 100%. Because I've had people who have helped me for free. Like, just being like, I just don't have normally charge for this. But because it's you, I mean, I'm just like, who am I? What do I mean? But the favor of God has been there because I know that that is where God has integrity. So, you that God has integrity to their times and my pastor has just called me. And I don't know where I just start crying. And I'm bearing everything out, and it just prays over my mind, and everything just feels like it's just a, a thing of the past, you know. There are times when so God is your God, God is your guide. That, that's the first about all you get yeah. to God, and then journaling and all these other things will come after. But He will guide you what exactly He needs to do because He knows what you need more than you even know what you need. So the. <laughs> Okay, so probably this is like a bit of a spin-off of the same question, but actually I feel like we've answered this. It's mostly about burning out. But you answered that in the first part talking about like how to not burn out with the fixer, like taking the fixer in your friendship. So that's fine. I think the last bit of this is for those who have people around them who are battling these issues, right? What are some flags or triggers to look out for in your friends or family that might signal to you that something is wrong and they might need help? Like obviously we talked about obviously somebody coming to tell you that they're they have they're having suicidal thoughts. That's like that's not even a flag at that point. That's just the real thing. Yeah. But what are some things that you can look out for? Maybe that we haven't even touched on that can signal to you that this is something that's going on. Yeah. Um, I mean I think it also depends on specifically what the mental health issue, issue is. Mm-hmm. But I think if you if somebody's like drawing away from God, mm-hmm. I feel like that's always even if it's not mental health related, I feel like that's always an indication that something something's going on here. And it also leaves that person in a vulnerable position for other things to like be exacerbated. So if like, you know, you have a friend that you guys go to church together or that you're part of connect groups together or something, you notice that like I haven't really seen much of this person or like they're not really reaching out or talking to me. Just call them. You know, and you can even be like open about what's going on because maybe they just have a new I don't know, some project at work or something like that, and they're going to second service not first, mm-hmm. right? So, like, maybe it's not something, but I feel like also, like, if you're somebody who's, like, mm, something in my spirit is just saying it's that just, just like, yeah. act on it and act on it immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, because, worst case scenario, the person is fine and there's nothing going on. And just make them feel like you care about them. Yeah. And that's what you do. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, another case scenario is, like, oh, you actually can't, you caught something in the spiritual realm, brought it into the physical realm by the grace of God and now this person knows that okay this is somebody that is safe enough for me to talk about or I know cares about me and is looking out for me so I think that if somebody's like pulling away from God um that's one pulling away from community isolating that's another thing if like they're not like themselves you know whether that's again they're not engaging with the things that they like or like they're being like closed off or like I don't know if people are just like really behaving unlike themselves I think that that's also an Obviously, if somebody's like displaying very erratic behavior or saying like things that is very out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. uh, that's like 
education that's something it's a yeah yeah so if your friends are not seeming like they are <laughs> i think that maybe that's like the main red flag um but i also think again like depending on the specific mental health condition that something shows up so if your friend is somebody who's like super carefree things don't really bother them that much and all of a sudden they're like okay but what about this we need to consider this we didn't then maybe they're experiencing some anxiety mm-hmm. we should like have a conversation conversation about this so. okay, yeah then. I think I'll end by saying that um, sometimes when we start to do things that we wouldn't normally do in a regular, so let's say for example, your friend has told you, "Oh, I'm trying to eat healthy," and you've been consistent at the gym for a very long time, right? Like, and it's not one of those things that every week you as well. You've been there for like six months, seven months. That's been their routine, right? They've been doing better. I don't know. You saw them going back to habits that they saw they would never do. That's an indication that something is off. But sometimes maybe that they're overwhelmed or they're stressed or. It's, it's leading somewhere. What if your friend has told you, okay, I don't want to go clubbing anymore? It's really their Christian, and now the clubbing will close with, they are closing them, them inside. That's an indication of things going on. Or, you know, your friend has told you, okay, I'm struggling, like stopping, like I, I don't want to drink or smoke anymore. And these are just like random examples, but they are now starting to do it. And I friend, maybe the first time people that, okay, maybe they just fail and you know, they need to get back on board. You're seeing that, is that becoming a pattern? That's an indication that something most of the time is wrong. Like obviously, like so I said, in context of like the specific issue, but sometimes we that they're depressed and they are taking out they're using their vices to feel comfort. They're going back to familiar lovers who are who are lesser, familiar lesser lovers, in other words, you know. So these are things that I feel like you should actually look at for like, okay. You might not be like, why are you drinking so much? But you'll be like, ah, baby, how far now? I, I thought you said that you're not going to do this anymore. And a lot of times you'll be like, mm, some people might be like, mm, but I just, I just needed. They try to brush it off, but you should actually have maybe when no one is there, just be like, hey girl, I've noticed that this is what's going on. Are you okay? Like, is this something that we need to talk about? And all of that stuff. And most of the times people are more than able to be like, okay, call me, but this is what has been going on. I've been feeling like XYZ, and the only thing that helps me maybe is just going out or forgetting, like, trying to forget my worries by going out clubbing or whatever the situation might be it could even just be that they're not serving as much in the church like they're missing church services or they are just not present anymore and sometimes people people who are high functioning depressed people like me before not me anymore before is that they're able to mask it so well that sometimes you don't even know that something is going on because they are so fully functioning they're so coming to the church they're so showing up they, see they're even there for you more than even you yourself you're there for yourself you know they are present but you can always tell when there's a bit of an off when somebody is just all about service 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 and they are not necessarily taking, taking time to take care of themselves that's an issue you know things like for me those are things that i've done that i know that people have picked up on and said okay maria i i love the fact that you're serving and you're in church and you're present but sit sit sit, sit down like <laughs> don't say sit down because in, in, in this is you need to pull into so that you can pull out to other people and sometimes as people who are who struggle and these are for people who struggle you want you want so bad to be present you want so bad to people because you don't want to take on that narrative that whenever something is off in your life you stop serving god and yes there is some truth to that but god god wants you alive but i want you to serve so if that means that you need to take a step back rationally not just rationally rationally take a step back and be like, okay maybe i need to focus and go to therapy but still come to church i'm not saying you should 
Now take a step and come down, not go to no, 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 no. Still come to church. If you need to serve here and there, do so. But primarily take the time attached to you, like sit and let the word be according to you. Pray, worship. That way you're able to be stronger enough to come back out and serve. And if you're not seeing even in Christian service and you're watching church from home and you're struggling with these things and you don't necessarily have a community, I would this is so if you necessarily a lot of the things that we've talked about has been based on having a community, especially in church community. And I know that a lot of people have been hurt by the church and damaged by the church and all that stuff. But like the analogy that I gave earlier, just because you have a, just because you've been burned by fire doesn't mean you should never eat again cook again. That means you will never eat again. So take the time out to actually ask for okay God, I'm struggling with this and I don't even have a community or friends. Or even if I do the community I have the one kind of kind of they, they don't even know they're doing sense. So help me basically help me navigate it. help me find people around me lead me to a church that will feed me trust me god god cares about who is feeding you trust me 100 so you never lead you to a place where and don't be don't be carried away by the theatrics of the church and think oh this is where discernment because sometimes your pastor knows how to you know do all the gym, gymnastics on stage but can they really help you some, so, some of you are not even graced to be in a mega church as of right now. You need a church that's small, right. where everybody knows everything. Because if it's because there are people who can go to a mega church and be fed and everything is good, but there are also people who, who suffer there, not because that church is bad, but because there's no there's no one keeping an eye on them, there's no one there who's like really intensely like watching over them. So your shepherd is keeping you of is shepherding a lot of sheep, yeah. and maybe sometimes you can get lost in the translation. But when you go to a place where you should shepherding five people, you are not lost, you are there and he will call you and you you must be there. So yeah, I think that that's what I would say to add on to that. And I think maybe two key things is um know your shepherd, know your sheep. Mm-hmm. Um I'm gonna say this in a different way, but I think it ties in really well with how you say it. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you are finding yourself in a community where there is nobody to hold you accountable or you know that nobody's watching your back. That's the first like you need to pray and pray fast and pray quick and pray consistently about the fact that like I need to, I need to have a shepherd. So maybe it's like shepherd twice removed. So maybe we have our new pastor and then we have the team lead. Maybe that team lead is your direct shepherd for now, right? And then another thing is, let's say you are that team lead in that scenario, um, or not even a team. Let's say you're just somebody else who you notice that like so and so is not like really given what they usually used to yeah. give and like maybe I'm not so close to you that I can just go up and have a conversation with you because that would be awkward but at least I know that like oh this is the team that they're part of so I'm gonna as directed and led by the spirit go and talk to their team lead and be like hey like or even friend or even like family mm-hmm. like, okay, but <laughs> friend, like, hey, like I noticed and you don't you don't have to be so hey I noticed so and so is like just like acting a little bit differently maybe just connect with them and see what's going on and that's all God has called you to, to do. You're not the one who has to not be sitting there yeah, and like having conversation. Yep. Yeah, no, you're just the one who's supposed to alert somebody else who is closer to that person. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like, maybe this is something that, like, you should keep an eye on. Um, obviously, if you need me to support in any way, sure. I'm here, yeah. I'm here, mm-hmm. but, like, maybe this is just, like, yeah. So I think it's important to also, like, be mindful of the people that you do look out for. One person can't look out for 50 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. <laughs> one person can't look out for 50 people so no if it's five people that you have capacity for it's five people that you have capacity for and if it's only one person that you have capacity for and one thing that I learned that I started doing especially from people that I noticed that 
they're kind of acting a bit off. Like, I think they're my friends. And not in the part where like, oh, I'm there talking to you, no. But every every Sunday, I go up to you and I'm like, hi, how are you? It's awkward, trust me, but I do it too because I know that this person has it on my mind and I don't know how to approach the subject and I don't know, I don't want to go in there God days and be like, like oh. the Holy Because there's people that are very weird like that. The Holy Spirit has shown me that you have a mental, like, be for real. But I know that something like God has told me, hmm, there's something, or even me, I've just seen there's some people off here and I go to God and I'm like, God. And God, because God will not cast them to me, but He will say, there's, there, there, there's something wrong. So I know, okay, every Sunday when I sit at my kids and they go, I don't care if you're not a hugger. I don't mean to like disrespect your boundaries, but I will hug you. I will say hi. <laughs> I will say hi. I will talk to you. I will ask you about you. We'll have that awkward five minute conversation. But after three weeks, I become your guy at church. Yeah. I will say this to me. I will text you if I don't see you in church. Even if you are 10 minutes later, I'll be like, ah, be powerful. And you'll be like, oh, you give me that random excuse. But after you next week, I would expect to see you. And if I don't see you for three weeks, I'm going to your house. It's just, oh, I was like, oh, let's go out to dinner or lunch. Like something very casual, right? Something that is not necessarily that deep. We're just talking and gisting, right? Because that way, even if you don't ever open up to me, you know you have somebody. And based on, off of that, I can now tell somebody, oh, I feel like this was going on with this person. And I'm not stepping, like, I'm not crossing my boundaries by yeah. doing that because I know that we already have you before, right? Yeah. And sometimes it will be six months after before they tell you this is exactly what's going on. But by that time, you guys already established a friendship to an extent. And this, this just doesn't really apply to church. It applies to work. It applies to even your friends. It applies to a friend of a friend that maybe you have a feeling about, but you're not necessarily sure of. And I'm not asking you to. This is only for specific people as led by God. Because sometimes you can. People that you're supposed to pray for, you now become guys with. You know, I'm not saying that you should be close friends with everybody but there are people you can form this cordial type of relationship yeah. where you guys are just friends and you know that they feel and because sometimes with people's fear and hesitation to talk to people especially in church is because they don't have anybody there so if Casala was they don't have anybody that they can talk to so but they might want to talk to a, a pastor but they don't have anybody in church so they don't know how to go about it but if they talk to me I'm just I'm gonna be like I'm, I want to talk to you but I'm scared now I can pull you and be like, oh, Pastor, somebody wants to talk to you because, like, maybe I've just passed Like, maybe I've talked to my pastor in those, right? And I'm able to now carry that person there and be like, oh, this was all. They can be like, I'm really vicious. I'm looking for a job. I want, and maybe I work in finance. Ah, I know somebody who works in finance. Yeah. I pull them and I pull. And in that situation, maybe that that thing is so very so there are things you can do that are not, not uh, that are literally practical and hands-on that can help especially if you're worried about somebody around you that maybe you're not necessarily close to but you care for so yeah yeah facts that literally has been with professional help with like the help that i've received mm-hmm. in my church that's literally i'm somebody please you will know me for years <laughs> before you know a sickness god is a single thing about me but I, I remember like even when I was uh, at our church that we go to it probably took me I, I'm pretty sure I was already on the leadership team before I started talking to Pastor and like even when I like first started seeing um, my therapist that was when I was seeing consistently um, the first four months my were just kicking about oh, the water outside is fresh like it was we were just kicking about so delightful <laughs> literally <laughs> and I'm like, my work was stressful knowing that I'm not really that stressed 
when I took the moment we got to the part where I was dropping the the, the, the real gems. Yeah, and she she's pretty yo, the way she was dragging me left, right, and center, but that's because we had developed a relationship sure. and I felt safe enough. Mm-hmm. That when she dragged me and she gave me the truth with grace, I wasn't like so You weren't like so like, like, oh my god, yeah. Yeah. There's... Yeah. So sometimes support is not even about just going in hot. It's literally about just like being nice, smiling, saving somebody a seat, asking them how their day was. Asking for their coffee order, Starbucks. That's how I like I can't like check it. Okay, it's fine. Sorry. I don't want to go. Oh, okay. You see? I know, I feel like I know so many people's like Starbucks order, and I also know like people who know my Starbucks order. Like, I've had friends who just be like, they know I'm, I'm going through it, but they know that I'm not, I'm not that close enough for, for me to, for them to directly ask. So she'll call me and be like, I need food. One thing about me? Ah. Oh, sure. When there's food, I'm there. Literally, I'm there. I want to say hard conversations are better over, over food. Ah, there are times when my I friend, friend. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes my friend is like, she's not sure if I'm okay. Hmm. She did this like two days ago. She knocked on my door. I was like, I'm gonna open the door. <laughs> and we stretched open the door, and I was like, okay, fine. She should be done with one minute. She brought me brownies. That was the first time she seen me in weeks, but the only reason I opened that door was because I knew that food was somehow in the room. So I was there. Cook your friends' food. Specifically, we'll always be there to eat your food. But yes, you know, things like that. Say, ask, ask, ask that person for their Starbucks order. Ask them for what they like to do. Go out with them sometimes. It might not necessarily, they, they will probably not talk to you about what's going on for the first three. Sometimes it will four months. But in that you've made a friend number one, number two, they trust you enough and the day they tell you what's going on, you are there ready and because by that time you've already been praying for them. So the Holy Spirit that they will tell you this is what you should do, what you should say, right? So there's things like that. But I that brings us to the end of our conversation today. I hope and I pray and I know honestly that God has helped you in any in, in, in any way, right? But maybe she's feeling but I know that God has helped you through this episode i know i'm going to help me definitely i've learned a lot just by sitting here and i trust that the holy spirit will chance everything that we have said and apply it to you and to your life and i pray that you will be victorious and you will come back and send me a message and say wow there i am you know this is what happened my life has been changed and i pray that that be your testimony and i pray for everybody that is struggling with this any of these issues that we've mentioned even even the ones that we have not mentioned i pray that god puts his hand on your mind and truly heals and restores i pray that every liar that the enemy has sown that it be uprooted in the name of jesus and i really really pray for you that you will be surrounded with people who care about you community that is valuable community that is ordained by god that will be able to handle everything that comes with being your friend and loving you and just Having even having a good church community that will feed you well spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, on all grounds. And yeah, this brings us to the end of episode five of the Great Room. My guest Tola has done an amazing job. Um, she is a psychotherapist. I'm not sure if you're allowed to be their therapist, but um, if I don't know you, yeah, if you don't know her and you know, call her, I will also be posting some resources yeah. for people specifically in Ottawa. Um, that you know therapists especially like black therapists that you know can help you male female and also like 
plans and things that can help practically shop financially also getting like the therapy that you need and also i was also going to say that if you go to carlton this is something across the that i know because i went to carlton um if you are actually struggling with mental health like issues there are counselors and actually psychotherapists who can help you who are actually work in school on rails like students you live on residence like they can actually help you so oh their resources are also post about that so yeah honestly and if people want to reach out to me as well like i can give you my email yes um because 100%. i have so many tips and tricks about trying to find a therapist mm-hmm. um that like i think it's just it's it's easier communicated when i know the specific context around what's yeah. going on but like if you're a student chances are you're on insurance use your insurance benefits to see a psychotherapist yeah. you can ask psychotherapists if they have sliding scale options mm-hmm. which is basically services at a reduced fee mm-hmm. um they'll, they'll be willing to accommodate you if you're like a racialized person there's so many services out there for you mm-hmm. there's some free services as well those are like not really that long term but if you're like in crisis in crisis mode as a need yeah 100%. yeah there's, there's resources for that so. yeah and there's also like people that are like therapists that i know that uh, work online they might not necessarily live in the city but they're able to schedule calls yeah. with you and all of that stuff so yes we will be putting all of those resources out on instagram so if you don't follow us yet i think i yeah we are the growth of podcast on everything so yes instagram i think it's really instagram to be honest and youtube obviously i have not tested tiktok as yet but hopefully soon um i'm also going to put my email so if you have any questions or things maybe that you are concerned about i'm also going to put Tola's email in the description also her instagram she is a licensed psychotherapist so if you do need therapy and you know you have no knowledge of who she is and your only knowledge of her is on this podcast then you should definitely reach out to her she's an amazing resource and i know that we're going to get <laughs> We're gonna get through this together and it's victory for you. You're already victorious because you're a child of God. So yeah. I love you guys. Thank you guys for enduring this long conversation. But yes. Bye. See you guys on the next episode. Toodle.